Are you a female in technology looking to reach the VP level and beyond? Join me, Lisa Kostova, and guests for honest and real tips, strategies, and conversation to accelerate and most importantly, enjoy your career climb today. Connect with us in our community at careerclimb.co and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Female Tech Exec Podcast. Today, I want to reflect on something that I've been thinking a lot about over the last couple of days, as we have witnessed the passing of Queen Elizabeth II in the United Kingdom and the celebration of her life. And a lot of what has been coming up for me over the past couple of days has had to do with the example that she set and really understanding and going deep into figuring out why was she such a powerful force? Why did she move and inspire so many people when she wasn't a politician? She wasn't a person who had a lot of actual power. Her role was ceremonial mostly. But in thinking about the example that she set, um, in listening to the stories that were told around her, around her life, it became very clear that she lived a very meaningful and purposeful life, one that was rich and full. And I couldn't help but contrast that to something that I'm witnessing a lot in the tech space, not just with professional women, but with all workers, all knowledge workers in the tech space. And that is the burnout, the burnout that happens, the disillusionment, the feeling of emptiness. And the question, is that all there is to life or to my career? There's a recent trend that you can see in the tech space among people who work in this very dynamic field, and that is this dream of making enough money early on in your career so that you could retire early, so that you can retire by the time you're 40, 45, or 50, even earlier. And the question then becomes, The question that I can't help but ask myself is, okay, you made a lot of money. Now you can exist, support your existence and that of your family, pay your bills, maybe go travel, do anything you want. You still have potentially decades of productive life energy left in you. And so the question I've been asking myself is, If I had this opportunity, would I do it? Would I just cash out of my work and go sit on the beach somewhere or go climb a few mountains and uh, not do anything else, quote unquote, for money or for revenue? And I really invite you to... And I really invite you to ask yourself the same question. And really, don't jump to the answer because 
for a lot of us, it just is such a, an amazing feeling of freedom to imagine that you no longer have to work these long days and long hours and you can take more than one week off at a time to go someplace. I clearly remember my vacations when I was working in tech used to be so jam-packed of activity because I could only take 10 days at a time that I would arrive back from vacations more tired than when I left. That's because I was trying to kind of live probably four or five or six weeks worth of experiences in that 10 days of freedom. So it is understandable that a lot of us feel pent up for freedom. A lot of us feel like the only thing we want is the freedom to not work, to not do this thing anymore, to not have to put up with stress, put up with difficult co-workers or managers, work around the clock, be under deadlines, uh, be under the pressure to perform, to deliver, um, to compete with other companies, other products, other people in the company as well. So I understand. It is very near and dear to my heart. I understand what it is to be burned out and to want to to just not do it anymore. And the question I ask myself, and I really want you to ask of yourself as well, is do you think you'll be satisfied? Do you think not doing anything will be rewarding for you? And ultimately, the question is, what brings your life and your career meaning and purpose? So I'll go back to Queen Elizabeth for a second. It is interesting that she worked until a day before her death at 96 Um, She kept working every night through the papers that were put in her red briefcase that was delivered to her every day. And her team knew that the following morning they would have everything taken care of. She would have gone through all the briefs and all the signatures and all the contracts and everything that she had to review and approve or sign or make a decision on. She would do that every night before going to bed. Um, You can, I kind of remember a scene from the TV series, The Crown, where her husband, the late Philip, uh, walks in and she's at her desk just going through papers and he says goodnight and she's there in her desk working away. I did not know until recently that she did that every single day weekdays and weekends, with the exception of two days per year. One was Christmas Day and the other was her birthday. Those were the only two days where she did not receive a briefing paper or a briefcase full of papers. Can you imagine? I don't know if you have relatives that are older. My mom is in her 80s. And I can tell you that it takes a lot of physical energy just to get out of bed, just to move, let alone get dressed 
if, even if you have help with people dressing you, I mean, getting dressed, getting ready for audiences with officials, for receptions, for interviews, for visits, for trips, for all that is the life of a diplomat, the life of a public figure who, you know, has a lot of a lot of things on her plate, not just not just the appearances that we see on TV that make it seem as if it's a life of glamour and leisure with you just going on balconies and waving at people or traveling around and shaking hands with the public. That is an aspect of her job. That was an aspect of her job, but it was not the entirety of her job and her role. So I really want you to imagine what it is like for somebody who probably has aches and pains to get out of bed every morning, get dressed into your late 90s to do that. Would you... Would you be able to, at 96, to um, get yourself ready and talk about forming a new government with a new prime minister? And not only was she doing it, but looking at the picture, the last photograph taken of her during that meeting with the new prime minister, she looks radiant. She's smiling. She is full of life. She's looking forward to that meeting. She's not doing it begrudgingly. She's not saying, oh, let this be all over so I can finally sit down and rest in my bed and have some tea. She's actually enjoying it. Yeah. So how did this person, how did this person have a job, serve for 70 years? career, 70-year career, and not get burnt out? What was it about her that kept her going, that gave her the energy every day to get up, go through her briefcase, meet millions of people, do functions, and yet not be checked out and tired and resentful about it? But to kind of not only not be resentful, but give energy and inspiration to people around her. What was it about her, how she lived her life and how she did her job that made that possible? One clue is that she was known to say that it's a pity that more people don't take on a job for life. She had a job for life and she took it seriously. It was her calling and there was no there was no negotiation around it. She took it on and she knew it was for life. So again, I'm going back to a lot of us who want to just retire from our tech jobs so we can have the freedom to live the life that we want. And I can't help but ask the question, well, 
can we stay engaged? Can we stay engaged in our work, whatever it is that we do on this earth? Whether it's working for a tech company, starting our own company, whether it's in tech or not tech, doing something that we find meaningful and pouring our life energy into it. How do we do that? How do we find that? I believe, and I can show you that through the Queen's example, that there are two important factors underlying her ability to find purpose and meaning in her work, in her service and contribution. And that was one vision, very purposeful and meaningful, big vision. And the second one uh, was every day um, getting up and living her values. So number one, vision. Number two, values. Let's take a look at, let's take a look at what those were for the queen. If you look at her, she um, had a broad vision to keep the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth united, to be a force for calm, to be a force for peace, that famous English saying, keep calm and carry on, this calming presence for the nation. That was her vision, to be a force for unity, a unifier, a peacemaker. And she did that. How did she do it? Well, we can take a look at her speech that she delivered on her 21st birthday in 1947 from Cape Town in South Africa. And I'll read a portion of it, although I encourage you to go and Google that speech and listen to it in the Queen's own voice. It will carry that much more energy and authenticity for you. But here's part of what she said. If we all go forward together with an unwavering faith, a high courage, and a quiet heart, we shall be able to make of this ancient commonwealth, which we all love so dearly, an even grander thing, more free, more prosperous, more happy, and a more powerful influence for good in the world than it has been for the greatest days of our forefathers. To accomplish that, we must give nothing less than the whole of ourselves. There's a motto which has been borne by many of my ancestors, a noble motto, to serve. I serve. Those words were an inspiration to many bygone heirs to the throne when they made their nightly dedication as they came to manhood. I cannot do quite as they did. But through the inventions of science, I can do what was not possible for any of them. I can make my solemn act of dedication with a whole empire listening. I should like to make that dedication now. It is very simple. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. 
Think about what underlies her pledge. There's not a goal, there's not a plan, there's not a revenue number or a specific outcome. It is a unifying vision. And she went about fulfilling it through waking up every day and in every decision and in every action, being guided by her values, duty, service, calm. In our Denali Executive Accelerator program, which we, as I speak in September of 2022, are opening for enrollment, we learn and practice many things that lead to more confidence and momentum in, um, in your career, in the careers of countless women that have gone through the program. But time and time again, women tell me that the most meaningful part of the program by far is their work on values, on their own values. So what is a value? A value, in short, is something that you can embody. It is a quality that you can live through your experience. With every decision that you make, with every action, with every word that you speak, you can choose to embody a value or to embody something else. It's not a fit, it is not a feeling. It's not anything that's dependent on outside circumstances. So let's get that clear. In every moment, no matter what else is going on in your life, you can choose to embody your values. Let's distinguish a little bit between goals and values here for your benefit. A goal or a quality that people in our program often think is a value is accomplishment. Many people, many ambitious professionals want to feel accomplished. However, if you think about it, accomplishment depends on many factors, some of which are in your control and others which you have absolutely no control over. Hard work, your dedication, your perseverance are yours and you could choose to do them or not. But timing, outside factors, other people's decisions also play a role in whether something succeeds or comes about or it doesn't. So when we work in our program, I guide our women to steer away from looking at goals and outcomes and adopting the values that contribute towards those outcomes and goals. Like in this case, in the case of accomplishment, it is not a value, but it is underlined or helped or facilitated by values that you can live, like perseverance, courage, work ethic. The work on values, if you can get clear on your values. And the earlier you can do that in your career and life, the more benefits you will derive, the more clarity, the more purpose, the more energy, the more excitement you will find on your path, on your journey, whether it's a career journey or a life journey. 
values above any other work that we do in our accelerator. I have seen time and time again transform people's careers. They have certainly transformed mine. I wake up every day renewed, regenerated, ready to go because one of my values is impact. Impact on women, on professional women who are daring to climb today's work mountains. I believe that we are pioneers. I believe that we are early on, that the work that we're doing, the example that we're setting is important. It is there to inspire those who come after us. And so no matter what happens to my business or what happens in my career, whether you know I'm having a good month or a bad month or something's going on with the revenues or something unexpected has happened, I know that as long as I'm guided by my desire, my value of having an impact on someone's life and helping them find purpose and meaning in their career, that everything else will be fine. It'll either fall away and not matter in the long term, or it will work itself out. As long as all my decisions are guided by the question, does that change the life or career of somebody? Does that help someone? Does that help somebody find their fire in their belly, their meaning in their career? Does it enrich somebody's life? Enrichment is a value that one of the first women who went through the program, the Denali Executive Accelerator Program embodies. Um, I have a podcast interview with her. Look it up. Uh, it's Rosa Welton. It's probably about a year and a half ago, maybe around episode 80. Um, and she is an example of somebody who so deeply connected with her value that not only did it transform her conversation and relationships within her company. Um, and, and by the way, the biggest interview impact that we've seen in our group, in the almost 100 women that have gone through the program has come from their work on values, with values. Because now they're able to have meaningful, deep, conversations with others in the tech space who are not used to somebody being connected to their mission and purpose the same way. It really, really stands out. But Rosa also felt so connected to her values that she, in fact, created a whole speech, a whole talk at the last Women in Product conference that was around the work with values, was around the importance of figuring out your values. So my, my wish for you, my wish for you is that your life is an expression of your values, that your life is rich and not empty, that you feel so connected with the values that you embody and live by every life that you never, ever want to retire. That is my wish for you. Thank you. And I can't wait to hear what are your values and what you choose to make 
the meaning of your life and career. Enjoyed the show? Don't forget to rate, review, and forward this episode to a friend. You can also subscribe to our email list and connect with a community of like-minded professional women in tech at careerclimb.co.